Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Stare Down. It's our Postmasters conversation with four friends from around the country. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Bill Risser down in St. Pete, Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and Anthony Malafronte rounding out our foursome in Tampa, Florida. What's up, boys? How's your Postmasters buzz, Bill? You know, if the buzz got, my buzz got hashed or harshed or whatever you do to your buzz. Uh, Anthony, You're harshing your mellow. Harshed my yeah. mellow. Yeah. Um, when, when he still hasn't touched the plate. So, you know, I, I'm just, <laughs> Too soon. I know, I know we'll get to that later, but <laughs> he still hasn't touched the plate. That's just going to be my, that's my phrase for 2021 so plate. far. Yeah. It's good. Sweet. <laughs> he, no, at it's breakfast not, this morning, Billy finally touched the plate. It just replaced shots in arms. He, he never touched the plate, just replaced shots and arms. So there you go. Um, yeah, no. Dodd, how, you, how about you, bud? How's your weekend? Wow. Bill, you done? I'm done. Okay, good. Good. It was great, Sean. All's good. Uh, uh, play half a tennis match before we get rained out. We're making it up tomorrow night and um, watched uh, lacrosse this evening um, and watched a ton of golf and baseball. So great weekend. Okay. Anthony? No, we, uh, myself, Bill, and Rick proved to ourselves that it's Joe Carney that keeps us from playing speedy golf because we played 18 holes on Sunday in like three hours and 40 minutes. We oh, finished before that rain Re came in. Yeah, we beat the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Beat the rain. We got, right? in, we got 18 holes in before the rain, and it did rain uh, a lot. And, uh, and today I played in the uh, Jesuit, uh, the longest running. Uh, Charity golf tournament in Tampa Bay, the Father Hartnett at uh, Carrollwood Country Club. Uh, got a little work done. Got a lot of work done. Work's taking up a lot of time these days. But uh, uh, so it's, it was a good weekend, Sean. How about you, buddy? Been running so long that used to be called the that kid Hartman before he was Father Hartman, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's a it's a really great tournament. Uh, yeah, where is it at? It's at uh, Carrollwood Country Club. Okay. Uh, Jesuit alumni come from way back and it, uh, it funds the uh, Jesuit uh, scholarship program. Cool. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a while and uh, it was a beautiful day out there today. Not like, well, yesterday morning was nice right until it rained, but so. Yeah. I played golf on Friday and Saturday and then had to cut the grass on Saturday. We're at the stage now where the grass is growing exponentially. If you don't cut it, for a while, it'll grow thick and patchy, and once you cut it, it explodes. So, uh, mm. you know, big big time growth here with the bluegrass up north. Uh, and watch the Masters. So let's get right into it, guys. We always start with with trophies. Um, Hideki Matsuyama, Masters champion, the 84th Masters champion, uh, lifts the trophy for his first major. Uh, little side note: as we talk about this, the who do you think the last player was to have not won a tournament in 1300 or more days before winning a major? I have an idea, but okay, go ahead, okay, Todd. You raise your hand first. Before winning a major? Before, no. Before winning a golf tournament. That was to win a major. To win a major before. And his last win was 1300 days ago. I thought you were referring to Jordan Spieth had about a 1300 day drop between no. tournaments. Major, Danny, I don't know. Danny Willett. No, Damn. that's his only win. I think the Masters. I don't know if he won a tournament. Larry Mize, Larry Mize oh, wow. won the Memphis the Open. The famous chip four years before. Yeah, I heard that today on a 
thought, wow, that's a long time that Hideki Matsuyama, he's a guy that, you know, Bill, you picked him in our, in our pool. Um, you know, I need my receipt, please, for my Venmo. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, it, you know, it's a guy that I think we all respect, but just kind of came out of the blue and the, what, a, what a great weekend he had. He, he, he goes from being a, another name in the field to masters champion, major champion. And now he has been named to light the Olympic flame at the Olympics. Did you guys see is that? that? Is that legit? Yeah, that is. And he better be wearing a green jacket when he does it. That'd be, That'd be awesome. so cool. Right. Did you hear what Andy North said about him? I, I think I told Anthony on the course. I didn't know. Andy North said he has more pressure on him going into that Sunday than any other golfer ever in the history of any major because the entire country was on his shoulders and it's worth to him over a billion dollars in lifetime earnings the rest of his life in Japan because he's such a hero. Wow. A billion dollars. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. I just take cash from Anthony. You know, I don't want no Venmo from Anthony. Um, <clears throat> Which reminds me, as I'm sitting here thinking about this, Todd, I owe you for the basketball pool. Yeah, you do. He, he was telling me. Uh, Mel, I owe you for I owe you for knowing you, so it's all good. No, no, but uh, you got to tell me how much it was. One hundred seventy-five dollars. <laughs> I think it was our first one K event. Yeah, so. one thousand dollars. So, so where do you want to? You, you know, let's look at the overall tournament, guys. Just, yeah. just we kind of always go around and just share our thoughts on the overall event. It was, um, you know, I think the it got a little bit interesting on the back nine, but. You know, he had such a lead and I don't really think, you know, I mean, it could have got a lot different had Shoffley not hit in the water on 16. Yeah. And I think but, you can't say that without saying, or if Hideki had laid up on 15, I don't know what the hell right. he was thinking. Right. <laughs> what, what are you trying to do there, son? Just get your par and move on. Maybe you get a birdie, you know, in fact, yeah. so, odds are he'd get a birdie with a layup, but anyways, yeah, that uh, I, I'm just glad that the, the tournament, uh, leader didn't lose it because of some issues, you know, like Jordan did in 2016, and of course, infamous Norman, Greg ago, Norman. Yeah. I mean, that was Rory, Rory, <laughs> Rory, yeah, number that, 10 that in the day, yeah, cabins, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Jordan had a five stroke lead making the turn, Rory had a four stroke lead, Norman had a six stroke lead, right? I mean, it's wow, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, so yeah, super, super happy for you know, I'll tell you, it wasn't this isn't part of the golf, but just watching Hideki afterwards because he, he was, I don't. You know, look, first of all, he understood every single question. He understands English very well. And he, probably yeah, he was answering the question before the, yes. Oh, yeah. He, he doesn't, it's okay. He just doesn't feel comfortable, you know, speaking English. That's fine. Obviously, I don't either because I can't say the word English. But um, he, to see him just lift his hands in joy after he got the, the jacket outside in the outside ceremony was awesome. Because that was really the first explosion of any kind of, you know, joy. Or emotion. Skin, yeah. You know, emotion. Yeah, because he, he was just so put the ball in his pocket and just walked over, started shaking hands. It was no big deal. You know, it just seemed kind of odd, but I think it's just who he is very humble. Um, and I'm sure he misses his wife and his daughter and they weren't, they couldn't be there. And so there's, yeah. it's a lot of mixed emotions probably going on there, but uh, it was super fun. So that's my, like my, for a take, my takeaway on Sunday, that's it for me. Yeah. Todd or Mal, let's, let's stick with the champion. Your just your thoughts on Hideki winning. Mal, I'll start with you. And then we'll, then we'll talk about some of the rest of the top 10. He's a different kind of champion than we've ever had before. Uh, there's there's a certain humility or humbleness to him. Um, mm. I mean, he had a baby two weeks ago. Nobody knew about it until he mentioned it to people uh, when he was asked, 
would you know uh, John Rahm may, may have would have had would have had to have left for his baby to be born. And he said, you know, we just had a baby a couple of weeks ago too. He drives a minivan in Japan, which I think is like wild. He's like he's a they're gonna have ticker tape parades for him from now until forever. He's not. He's just a, a very minivan. humble. He's not in a minivan anymore, Anthony. <laughs> No, probably not. Well, he, I mean, he has a Lexus contract. I'm sure he can like get himself yes, a nice Lexus if he wants one. But he drives a minivan, and then his comments about the, the the impact I thought were great. The impact on Japan that he hopes more young kids get to play golf and aspire to do the things that they can do because he knows he can do them. I just I, there's something about the guy that I mean I really like him. I, I you know he's he's an easy guy to like. Uh, and uh, for me, Sunday was, it wasn't your typical master Sunday. There was not a lot of drama. There wasn't a lot of you know, roaring in the pines. There, was, there wasn't a lot of that. You know, the, the crowd was very lax, laid back. It was just, it was a different kind of a thing. It was, I kind of was rooting for him the whole way through. Uh, there were other interesting things happening, but it wasn't, it just wasn't the same. Todd? Yeah, I, I was rooting for Hideki other than I had some action on JT and Cam Smith top five, which they both tickled me with a feather. Uh, but we can talk about that later. Um, Hideki, what a just hard not to, to, to like that result, right? Um, and we're going to talk about Xander um, on 16 later, but so listen, this is the 2011 low amateur, right? So 10 years later, he comes back to win the Masters. Um, great. Um, I heard a story in the rain delay on Saturday. They asked him, what'd you do? And he said, I went in my car and sat for an hour and was on my phone, talking to his wife, scrolling. So he's such a regular guy, right? I mean, just such a regular guy. Um, his big knock is he can't putt the ball. Um, did you see his chipping? He did not have many long putts at all. I mean, he, his chipping was so precise that I, think I heard um, someone, I'm sure today, 84% of his up and downs, 84. Yeah, just, yeah. So, um, and, uh, again, these guys always talk about having a team and no one, uh, epitomized him better than his caddy at the end when he took the flag off and put the stick in and, and he bowed in the Japanese culture to the course. I mean, that's, how can you not, you may not have been rooting for him, but how can you not like that Hideki uh, won? What a, what a great champion, right? So cool. Yeah. So cool. You know, I, I was, you know, I won't say I was rooting against him, but I was rooting for some other stories to, to come up to the top and see what, what could happen, especially. Nothing wrong with that, right? Knowing yeah, how impactful down the stretch was, but just picture this. You're in a strange country where you don't really speak the language, but you kind of maybe understand some of it. And you have people all around the galleries, maybe not rooting for you and wanting to see maybe some, some drama. Um, and you could just feel, you know, I mean, he bogeys 12, you know, he, first of all, he missed a probably one of the easiest putts. He's going to look back on, you know, number seven, he misses that easy uphill putt as Shoffley makes birdie. Then he birdies eight. He birdies nine, one of the hardest holes on the course. Um, he comes down at amen corner. He bogeys, bogeys 12 as Shoffley's birdieing it. Then he, mm. you know. Um, that took the lead from like seven to five. 
right? I mean, it really yes. Yes, and then Ooh, you know, about, gets to 15, ball goes in the water, Shoffley hits it in the bunker, but that Shoffley almost makes his his chip shot out of the bunker after, look, I the, he, I said he was, I think, 84% up and downs, and one of the up and downs he didn't make was technically the one in 15 when he hit it to the perfect spot off the green, right? Mm-hmm. And and Faldo was brilliant. I mean, he the whole back nine, he was really getting into the pressure of, trying to win the masters mm. and he's the only one on that podcast him and Immelman that could talk from all right here's what's happening right now yeah. and to see him execute that and then be thinking and probably the thoughts going through his head he can't hear what the crowd's saying except for the oohs and ahs are universal in language right you don't need to be, speak english to know what a ooh <laughs> is you know that's um, that's billy horschel sliding down the slope on his ass yeah that's what they do right going, ooh. right so, so a few things real quick. Let me jump in. Um, say what you want about the patrons. And I agree. I'm sure the patrons at Augusta were rooting for everyone, but it was great to see him on 18 that no one crowns a champ better than Augusta patrons, whoever the right. are always very um, uh, happy and gregarious. Yeah, the putt drops and everyone stands, right? Right. Yeah. yeah they're respectful for sure. But think about, he slept on a four stroke lead, right? And um I, I God, I gotta remember the kid's name from Wake Forest. Uh, Zal uh, Will Will Z. Will Z. Let's call him Will Z. He went birdie birdie, and Hideki started out a bogey. So when Hideki went to the second tee, he went from a four stroke lead to a one stroke lead. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was the time where I'm like, this is going to be a sad story of Hideki had a four stroke lead and then everything went sideways. And sure as shooting, um, you know, uh, you know, he won, he won by three, four strokes. It's good for him to just kind of grind it out, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think we saw Thursday and Friday what a difference that course is in April versus November. Yep. Yep. I mean, they, was, they talked I mean, about those, that. Yeah. Those now on Sunday, toward the end of the day, as the beautiful sunset was coming in, the greens looked perfect. But boy, on Thursday and Friday, they were. You know, some of the announcers said they were camouflage. They were, they round were patchy, oh, right? round spots. Yeah. They were patchy. They were not holding anything. I mean, those guys on that fourth hole, that long par three, on the fifth hole, where where you know Shoffley probably lost the tournament there on when he went bogey bogey double um, mm. into number five. Um, those greens were just unbelievable tough, right? And yeah. I mean, you watched how many guys left themselves with six foot putts and, you know, just, it was, it was amazing. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I think that, um, those greens, you might not be for British open, you know, I've never seen masters green. So mottled and Brown, you know, I thought it was, I, I, and I know they needed the speed they wanted and they, they, they didn't have a lot of rain prior, right. That they normally mm. kind of gear for, but it was, um, it was good to see him on the weekend kind of look. Did you notice how, even after the short rain delay, which was maybe an hour and a half long, mm-hmm. how slow they got, at least in perception to what the players were expecting. Right. But mm-hmm. everything was short after the rain delay. Everything. Yeah. It's nothing it's, was past the hole. It's one of my favorite parts of golf in the pro level is when the announcer says they're all missing this to the right. They all read the exact same thing. They all hit it the exact same way. And they all generally miss it on the same side. It's just amazing to me that these guys who are as good as they are tend to 
all see it the same way, hit it the same way, uh, except for the rare occasion where usually it's the champion kind of was able to solve it and knock it in. So pretty, pretty cool. All right, let's run through the top 10 really quick, guys. Uh, Will Zalatoris, rookie, Wake Forest grad. Obviously, a lot of big things coming for this young kid. Um, interestingly enough, not even qualified for the FedEx Cup. Wow. And, he's and not even little, little known. Fact he's not a tour that. member, right? He's yeah. not a tour member. Not yet. I think he yeah. is today. Yeah, probably today. <laughs> little known fact about Will. Um, going to be playing uh, uh, in the remake of <laughs> Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He's going to be Spicoli. I just wanted to, I yeah. just heard that. I just want to make sure you're aware of that. So. Well, you saw the, the, the comparison to the caddy in, uh, yeah. <laughs> in Happy, Happy Gilmore. Gilmore, right? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Look, great story. I mean, the, the kid hits the ball a mile. They, they, made, they made a lot of mentions about his 28 waist and his 165 pounds and um but the kid obviously clearly you know as much as they talk about how uh tradition and knowledge on that course matters if you're a gunslinger and you just want to hit greens all day um that's not a bad way to to hey amazing Amazing. dude dude finished in the top 10 of the u.s open to qualify for the masters so he's legit right i mean think of that that's how he got in that's the only way he got in. So and he's playing in the Masters uh, again next year. I mean, it's just he's one to watch. Tied for third. Tied for third is uh, two guys that between them have four, three majors um, or four majors, but should have about seven or eight. That's Jordan Spieth and Xander Shoffley. Oof. Let's yeah. Mal, I'll give you the pick. Which one of those guys you want to talk about? Their their T three finish at Augusta. Both what did you guys think awesome of, of Shoffley's comment that he hit a perfect eight iron? Uh, you know what? We're talking on 16, right? When he yeah. got the water. He, this is what I love about these guys. Um, he was playing for a green jacket. And he, he knew, I have yeah, to birdie this. I was this. chasing. That's what he said. He said I, I, I have chasing. to birdie this. I have to birdie this. The smart play was center of the green, right? But, and he... From what he said, I hit the perfect shot. And if it flew another three feet, he would have tapped in for birdie. So Plus I it wasn't perfect. Uh, he said, even Dottie, didn't Dottie say a, a wall of wind got him? Like the wind got him, like some, yeah, some I gust mean, came up. And if I think he was saying, things, you know, his ball striking was perfect. When he hit the ball, he was thinking that's the perfect shot. Obviously, he wasn't the perfect result, but. Ah. I, I have so much respect for him, but I don't because that's what he has to do to win the jacket. He's got a, he's got a birdie, right? So I, I like the play. I was disappointed in the result for him. Um, as a fan, I don't mind Hideki won, but I was looking for it to tighten up and to be a really good. I'd be curious view, to know, right? did, did you guys hear how many balls were in the water on 16 the entire week? Uh, got to be less than 10. I, I didn't see one other than Shoffley's. I didn't see. That's the only one I saw. That's yeah. the only one. I think, didn't JT hit one in the water? Maybe. I don't think so. He did a few years ago. He did, but not this year. Maybe it was a replay I saw. Yeah. yeah. Um, good. To, it would be good to look up, right? Yeah. But, um, Mal, what is he? I mean, you, you asked the question. What, what do you think about his statement that he hit a perfect shot? I, I, I think these guys do uh, the psychology of golf and keeping yourself positive is very important. And, I think he he wants to go to bed. I mean, he he said, "I'm going to sleep okay, but I'm going to toss and turn." Mm-hmm. You can't do both. Yeah, right? right. I I think in that instance, he needed to put a little. Hideki was just coming off a bogey. 
He needed to put the ball in the middle of the fairway. You can't, you can't win it on that hole. He, he had to put it in the middle of the green. He had to put a little pressure on Hideki and put it in the middle of the green two putt or maybe try to make a long putt, but not give open up the door so completely. I just don't think it was a perfect shot. I think it was a mistake and he was doing his very best to give himself as much of a positive outlook as he can. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know and, where I think the biggest mistake came was in his drop and he airmails the green. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, if he at least maybe gets up and down from there and forces Hideki to, yeah. which he ended up three putting, then it's still a two stroke lead with two to go. Right. With all the pressure on Hideki, not on Xander. Right. Mal, I hear what you're saying, but I, I respect that he was trying to win the tournament and not hoping Hideki loses the tournament. Yeah. It, it, you well, know, but most guys win golf tournaments. They win them because somebody else lost it. Not <laughs> three down, three lost. to play, though. Not three down, three to play. He just coming off a bogey, put a little pressure on him, hit the balls, get in there. You still have more. There's more holes to play. He shot himself out of the tournament as opposed to giving put a little extra pressure on Hideki. He was three down, three to play, and literally, if you hit it two or three more feet, it would have been a perfect shot. He thought, as wins, as as Bill said, Dottie indicated, maybe Augusta Wind came up. Listen, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I, I I didn't think about your strategy until you just said it, and now I ponder it. But I think he could sleep all night. He he went for it, just came up short, right? Oh, the, the paycheck alone is going to help him. And again, I I understand what he's trying to do. I think. See, this is what I this is what I'll argue with you. If it was about the paycheck, he would hit it in the center of the green, right? And just secure <laughs> no, the second place. Going to help him sleep is what I'm saying. I mean, but I'm saying he was going for the he was going for the jacket. He and that's what jacket. I liked about the play. Yeah. Bill, your boy Jordan uh, shoots a shoots a 70, 70 two under, um, six birdies three bogeys or four bogeys. I mean, the guy can make birdies. He just, he kind of makes bogeys at the wrong time, doesn't he? Yeah. He, you know, he's the good news for Jordan is he, it really feels like he's close. He's back. That's a lot of, that's a whole lot of top 10 finishes this year. Right. Yep. Uh, so it's just a matter of time, you know, will it, well, maybe it'll be at uh Kiowa. Maybe it'll be at Tory. who knows, but. Uh, well, and you put him on that course. I just think he feels comfortable there. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to completely. He's a guy who should be kind of in your permanent top 10 play in Augusta. Oh, yeah. Um, behind him, Rom, another, another top five for Rom, uh, who after his round with Amanda Baliona said still didn't play great, but somehow his scores, you know, he finally got it on the Sunday. He shot 72, 72, 72, 66 and had it going. And Leishman, the big Aussie, um, and then rounding out the top 10, Justin Rose, who was your first and second round leaders, uh, and then Patrick Reed, Corey Connors, good week. Mm. And then Cam Smith, another top 10 and Tony Fino, another top 10. <sighs> Pretty impressive leaderboard. Yeah. That's what you expect. Right. I think, um, the, I don't know, I'm not sure if the nine guys that they picked to win one, there was a great article that I saw, uh, right before the master starts said one of these nine guys will win. I'll have to go find it. I don't think Hideki was one of the nine. So. Yeah. yeah, that would have been a tough prediction. If you, I mean, you picked on your team, you chose the international strategy, which is brilliant, but um, worked out well. But yeah, 
going Tom, in I, smith yeah i don't I think hideki's gonna come to your you know front of your mind um again he's been touted as having not a great putter and i think his iron play really helped him he had a lot of good short putts to convert he, hits, he, he, he hit some balls close yeah his round yeah. on saturday was unbelievable his back nine coming out of that rain delay yep where he shot a 30 on the back nine was just lights out. I mean, unreal. that shot on, on 16 where he hit it like four feet from the hole. Then on 17, he hits it like three feet behind the hole. Um, his chip on 18 from up on the walk. Right. I mean, you know, granted there was difference with patrons there, but I've never seen a ball that far over. He flew it out of the bunker and just clearly just picked it clean. And his chip down to that spot was just absolutely brilliant. Yep. So. And meanwhile, Justin Thomas's post rain delay were three missed makeable putts and a triple. Yeah, on I, eight, on I was following him closely, and it was brutal after that rain delay. That yeah. it's he was out of contention after that. Obviously, DJ misses the cut. Rory misses the cut. Um, you know, uh, a lot of big names. Uh, Cupcake Brooks misses the cut. Yeah, Cupcake. He's hurt cut. though. He needs to. He needs to get well, right? I mean, he's. <laughs> Especially Augusta, we talked about how hilly is walking. His knee must have been just miserable. I know a guy who won a U.S. Open on a broken leg. Come on, wham! Hey, not everyone's not everyone's as good as Tiger. Okay, I mean, come on. Listen to you. Listen to you. Just really quick. Let's let's talk about the the week. <laughs> I want to I want to get this in because I I like to talk about this. The week in media, um, CBS. We talked about it, guys, in our in our private thread. Um, just hats off to Frank Nabilo and Dottie Pepper and Trevor Immelman and um, even you know, Vern Nick heavy heavy breathing Nick. Vern Vern yeah, yeah. Vern who who pronounces everyone's name now up is Todd Meininger he said he says every name so slowly yeah. um, but it was just great and I think Nance was probably the weakest link of the the CBS crew um, we're just too familiar with them right it's just yeah I, I I think so that's probably because we get him non-stop from football season through basketball um you know the golf channel they continue to do a great job every one of those guys rich sands and you know there's such good noah, story to noah right yeah cara banks cara banks i mean shambly just is a stat machine and his memory is great and then can we just talk really quickly about, about the masters app guys oh i mean best app grand slam I mean, home run you know and i don't know what kind of engineers they have to put it together but it is brilliant i mean the things you can do on it the things you can check the the ease of the app i mean now you mentioned it on social media it's so good um and then and then kudos to also the uh the xm serious guys on the radio um you know it, it's funny to listen to the putter back putter through and falls just short of the hole you know like but they, they do really try and paint the picture and Greg Norman, I thought was fantastic on that. I don't know if you yeah, know. That was good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the accessibility of the masters is so amazing. I mean, you have ESPN plus you have uh, Paramount plus you have Sirius XM, you have the For regular coverage. Hour. Yeah. It's just so, yeah. So good. So good. And I don't know that, you know, I think there's plenty of people now, maybe, maybe those that bet, but those that, you know, I, on a given day on when I'm sitting at work, you know, waiting on a contract to come in, I wouldn't mind kicking on the front nine of the Harbor town, you know, sea pines tournament just to watch, have golf in the background. Right? I mean, I, you know, you you tour, yeah. make that happen. You, you can watch every play of every football game. If you yeah. want to, they got to find a way to, you can watch every play of every baseball game. If you want to, you know, 
all the major sports. If they can find a way to do that, I know it's, I know there's investment. It's, it's coming. Yep. Well, the Masters figured out a way to show you every shot from every player if you wanted to do it. Yep. All right, let's jump over to baseball, boys. Um, team started 0-3. Boston is now 6-3, leading the East. Cleveland started 0-2. They're now 5-3, leading the Central. And Houston leading the West. Out in the America or in the West in the National League, Philly, Cincinnati, and the Dodgers are your leaders. Um, Bill, what's your early thoughts on the baseball season? Um, how about your main Mercedes batting a smooth 536? <laughs> yeah, <that's impressive>. <laughs> <laughs> and his teammate oh. Danny Danny Mendick batting only 500. But um, I'm gonna have to use up some obscene language, but fast shit and dogs don't shit long. That's all I gotta say. So, uh, <laughs> um yeah no i think it's it's the first couple of weeks it's been great um you got to remember i'm i'm in the 34th or 35th season of a fantasy baseball league and i'm the league secretary so my nights have been spent with a ton of moves because there's a lot of injuries and guys are doing weird things at the draft so uh, pardon me if i'm a little more um uh, melancholy about the start but no, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Rays had, you know, stumped out to a really nice start. It's great to take a series from the Yankees. Sorry, Anthony. And, um, and they're winning tonight against the Rangers. I mean, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of paying attention down here and the Padres, you know, the whole, uh, um, Fernando Tatis Jr. Ooh, if that's, uh, if that's a season ending, um, shoulder problem, they're in trouble. He is such a key cog in that team. So we'll watch closely on that. Didn't they uh, pitch a no-no, Bill? Oh, yeah. So we got to talk about the no-no. That right? little thing? So that, Joe, that little Joe thing? Musgrove from Grossmont High School. Um, it's where I took my SATs, by the way, Grossmont High School. And uh, it's I was at Mount McGill, part of the Grossmont Unified High School District. And uh, so he grew up ten five miles from where I lived. And, uh, yeah, it's the first Padres no-hitter in 53 years. And if you think about that, I mean, think about that. Um it was the longest drought for any team ever, right? 53 years with no, no hitter. And uh, so it was very exciting. My aunt, who's a season ticket holder, was just fired up. Now the game was in Texas, so it wasn't a home game for the Padres. But um, yeah, that's thanks for bringing that up, Todd, because I've, I've, I've shared this story on the every spring, I think, since we've been doing this five years now. And it's um, <laughs> six years, five years. The I've, been, I've seen a perfect game that wasn't perfect. Right. I saw Pedro Martinez go 27 up, 27 down, but the score was zero, zero, zero. <laughs> and then, and <laughs> I then remember, yeah. he gave up a hit at the top of the tent. Yeah. To Bip Roberts doubled off of him. And so <laughs> the perfect game that wasn't, um, it's even more rare than a perfect game. I think uh, I'll just put it that way. So is that Padres first no hitter, right? Absolutely. First no hitter. They've yeah. never had one their entire, uh, yeah, they came close a couple of times, uh, got to the bottom of the ninth, two outs, gave up singles or hits, but, um, that, that happened twice. Um, so good for the Padres. Good for the, good for Joe Musgrove. Good for him. Mm. Todd, you want to talk about the, the instant replay last night? Or you want to just... Please talk about it. Uh, sure. I will, uh, <laughs> the Braves. uh you mentioned Owen. Oh, the Braves are Owen four and, um, they won four in a row. And it's so fitting because, um, their home opener was it's they, they have an attribute to Hank Aaron from 44. So it was, it was cool that they went from 0 and 4 to 4 and 4, uh, honoring him. They're you they're wearing the throwback uniforms. 
which are fire. I wish they'd make them their permanent uniforms. Just absolutely love them. Um, so yeah, uh, last night uh, they were the the, the uh, final game of the series with the Phillies, if I'm correct, right? No, uh, Nationals, Nationals, Phillies, uh, Phillies, Phillies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tied six six, bottom nine or top nine. Yeah, and um, just. Takeover. I'm too. I'm too upset about it. So there's a bang bang play at the play. The uh, umpire called him out, which I'm okay with. Called him safe. Called him safe. I'm sorry. Called him safe. You're right. Um, fine with it. Bang bang. Live uh, replay show that he never touched the plate. Um, the it's just so frustrating. Um, and I texted you guys saying, you know, still haven't touched the plate. What's the point of replay if you can't overturn that call? It's that's the thing that really just upsets me more than anything. Um, I didn't even think it was close. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm a, I'm a homer and I'm wearing a Braves cap right now. Um, I don't even think it was close, right? It's just, how did he not? Did, do you think he, his finger skipped over the black part of the plate? Because that counts. No? No. I think no so. His fingers were anywhere near the plate. <laughs> no, I, just, I didn't see it. I'm just, Bill's I'm just, being Bill. I like I it. I didn't see it's it. All good. I'm just trying to get Todd fired yeah. up. I just, no. you know, you know, I, I didn't think he touched the plate, Todd. I think, you know, and, and I don't think the catcher made an illegal block. Like people are trying to say, like, that's not the point. The catcher is not allowed to do that. The catcher slid over in front of the plate. He did not initiate contact. The, the runner did. Um, yep. But the foot clearly went over the top of the plate. Yeah. And there's a, there's a kind of a definitive shot from the camera underneath the umpire's legs from straight behind the, the plate where you can see how far off the plate the foot actually was yeah. and, and like bang, bang, easy call to overturn right what do you see how it could look close did the uh yeah. did the foot like clearly beat the throw if it had touched the plate no the ball beat oh. the ball I beat mean, the player which makes it even worse wow right wow That's yeah, the ball beat the player so you'd think like bang bang a lot of times the ball like gets ball there first yeah they're so. gonna the benefit of the doubt goes to the uh catcher that's why it was just so puzzling it was very it was and again, Bill, we, I actually mentioned you in our in our uh, pre-show. Doesn't mean the Braves win the game, right? I right. mean, they still win it. It's just, what's the point of replay? <laughs> was the umpire so in position? Bad. Was the umpire in good position to watch the whole thing? Seemed like in good good no. position. He was right he on top. Fine. He was literally right on top of the plate. I mean, he was right on top of it. Wow. Um, well, it's um, just it yeah. enough. Enough. He was Bill. He was enough on top of it that. The plate, the camera that's behind the plate, that watching the pitches come in, yeah, could 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 had a shot of the plate through the umpire's legs, wow. so you could tell how close the ump was, you know, when he when he did it. So, yeah. um, you know, it was a it was an interesting you know spot. So, and, and let's talk um, Mets Marlins last week, right? Um, hit with the elbow, he leaned in, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Um, they're out there is is you can't review all you can review is whether it hit him or not you can't review whether he was in the strike zone whether so they had an out there this there was no out i feel it just just call it did you see that play though the umpire goes like this he goes it touched him you know like he was over (laughs) the strike yeah and then he switched it and that's what madeline was so pissed about no it did touch him but he definitely put his arm halfway through (laughs) the umpire admitted afterwards that he made a mistake yeah. You should have called him out. Yeah. And if, if this ump game. last night admits that, hey, I blew it, I, you know, stuff happens, right? But yep. 
how do you go to New York and, and call that say or uh, uh, whatever? I'm just so discombobulated. <laughs> hey, let's get to the end, boys. Quickly, NBA, which we'll start maybe maybe paying attention to. Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and the Atlanta Hawks in fourth place right now. And Utah, Phoenix, Lake, uh, Clippers, Denver round out your West. In hockey, Carolina and Tampa Bay, top two in the South. Washington, New York, Islanders in the East. Toronto, Winnipeg in the North. Colorado and Vegas in the West. Mm. Bill, I believe we have the French Open coming up here sometime soon. Yeah, that's the next uh, tennis major. Um, just give it to Rafa. Let's move on. That'll be 14 and just call it okay. a day. Go ahead. Todd, a little update on Sunderland. Hmm. Oh, and I, believe say, uh, I, believe, I believe your team won a home match, I believe. Liverpool left a first home win in 2021. What date is it? April? I mean, think of that. First home win, home win in all of 2021. Uh, Sunderland actually lost on Monday. I think they're oh, in third, but it was a it was a tough loss. Um, mm. So yeah, Sunderland's still trying to get to automatic promotion, and right now they're in the playoff uh, race, which could be worse. Um, but again, EPL, look at the uh, battle for Europe in the top six and the relegation battle uh, in the bottom three. So. Um, speaking of soccer, did you like Joe Rand's, you know, take on soccer? Do you think he was appropriate in ranting and raving? Todd, did you hear it? I, I need to listen. I missed this Friday. He, so I, he talks about it soccer. Funny. It's great. Yeah, it I funny. can't wait. You, I, I read that you posted it twice you as long stop as stop him though on the, what's the field called though. That was good. He got the, I tried, he got I tried. Field. I said, what, what do they call a field? He goes, Oh, you're trying to, you're trying to trick me here. I, I'm pretty sure I know this is, it's called a pitch. I go, Hey, good job. <laughs> No, I, I'm going to write that down. I need to listen. I enjoy ranting and raving. I really do. It's awesome. Yeah, you can. Once the soccer part's over, you can and you can stop. So I I like it all. It's only what seven minutes. I got I got that. Time. Uh, it's a long one. No, it's 22. twenty minutes. Oh, never mind. I'll I'll, I'll do it after soccer. <laughs> Cut out after soccer. All right, boys. Right. Let's wrap it up. It's getting late. Uh, Todd, what do you got coming up this week? Oh, uh, we'll start with Todd. Yeah. Oh, sure. Started me. Yeah. Um, so Good luck, we, Anthony. You're following Todd. Sorry. We, we have some challenges in the uh, construction world, just like you boys have challenges in the, in the real estate world. Um, the cost of goods are skyrocketing. Um, so doing a lot of, of um, spending a lot of time just managing um, our distributors and um, we're implementing surcharges. Um, we're giving them time to accommodate for those. Um, yeah, so it's just super challenging in, a, in, in an okay way. Um, but I'm heading to the beach this weekend. First trip in a while. Um, so looking forward to it. Um, so I'm going to work as hard as I can and, and try to uh, close as many loops as possible and then uh, enjoy some beach time down, down in Florida. Super looking forward to it. I uh, can't wait. Great. Finish strong. Mal, how about you, yes, bud? Sir. You know, the, Todd mentioned expectations, and we're uh, we're in a market at the moment, Sean. As I know you're aware, uh, that setting reasonable expectations and helping our clients understand the market is probably the most important thing that we can do. Uh, so we're having uh, our team huddle tomorrow, which is going to literally talk about how to help people set reasonable expectations for their 
for their home search uh, and even the home sale, uh, but really more so the home search. And then tomorrow afternoon, Doug Lloyd, our broker, is bringing um, 10 of the more senior agents in the brokerage. Um, we're having a lunch at Tampa Palms to discuss basically the same thing, how we as a company can help uh, the consumer in the marketplace understand what's going on uh, a little bit more uh, succinctly or a little bit more finitely. Um, so that's, now we're gonna try to help people set reasonable expectations and uh, do it in a way that uh, is, uh, is, is, is valuable. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's what we have to do in the current marketplace. Uh, so that's kind of what we're up to. Nice, love to hear it, man. Appreciate you raising the bar. Bill, how about you? What's coming up on your great episode last week with our friend, Lynn? Um, yeah. Who do you got well, coming up this week? Um, before I get there, I want to, I want to uh, real quick, real quick. Sorry, Todd. <laughs> I got a smile out of them. I want to, I want to read Jacob deGrom's stat line. Um, Jacob deGrom, greatest pitcher in baseball at this moment in time. Uh, I paid 50% more for him than any other player in the fantasy league. <laughs> best pitcher, not greatest, best. Best pitcher right now. Um, he not, not the greatest of all time. Greatest pitcher pitching right now. You think Kershaw is better than him? In the long run, possibly. Okay, um, he has 14 innings pitched in two starts. Uh, he has an ERA of 0 0.64, uh, a WHIP of 0 0.71, 21 Ks, two walks, and he's 0 and 1. How? How? Wow! The Mets are such a mess. But wow! 21 strikeouts and two walks in 14 innings. Yeah, one earned run, and he's dude. That, 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 that's that's Clemens in 88, 89, and 90. Yeah, you know, same that, thing happened yeah. to him. Yep, he kept. Oh yeah, my god, he just hammered. had no and and uh, and the guys in Cleveland. I mean, they and just got zero run support. Same thing with Degrom. The last this is his third year of this starting. Here it goes again. I was gonna say that's Degrom's career. Oh, it's almost. the whole thing. Right. Think about it. He won a yeah. he won a he won a Cy Young at like what twelve and ten or ten and, and ten. 10? Yeah, something yeah. crazy, right? Because his numbers were made through the roof. Anyways, this week I know you're all gonna listen because it's Scotty Lincecum. From Pinehurst, oh, North wow. Carolina, is my guest on the podcast. Can have subtitles? You have subtitles? <laughs> subtitles? You have subtitles? <laughs> no, I don't think. I think we'll be okay. But you won't be listening to it. Speed it up. That's for sure. You're gonna have to. <laughs> but yeah, Scott's got a great story. I did. Anyone else on this call know that Scott was in snowboarding for four years in Aspen? Yep. You knew that. Okay. Yeah. Well, you had a lot of beer with Scott. Did you know that, Anthony? I remember him mentioning it, ah. mentioning it when we were in uh, Pinehurst, yes, last year. Yeah, so it's. it's I, would, a fun I wouldn't episode. have remembered it. When do you go get your puppy? Ask me, but when you say it, yeah, yeah. Um, we go get the puppy on the, and actually, plans got changed. We have to go an up and back. I don't get to play up there. Um, ah. Well, look, it's it's Oscar Sunday, the twenty oh. fifth. Say no more. Say no it's more. My wife's yep. Super Bowl, so. I said, let's just drive up Friday. We'll stay one night. We'll drive home Saturday. It's good. You know, I'll play golf with you. It'd be much better than Pinehurst. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't keep it. I tried. I tried to keep a straight face. I just couldn't do it. Um, yep. I know this. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sean, what about you? <laughs> you know, guys, I am excited as I'll get out. I get on a plane on Wednesday morning. I fly to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. 
on Thursday, I'll be doing my first in-person speaking event in over seven months. Super excited to speak to the Realtor Association, the Sioux Empire is what they call it up there, the race. Mm -hmm. Um, And just really excited. Um, You know, listen, as the vaccines are happening, as the weather's breaking, I know that we're challenged right now with, with, you know, what's happening in kind of the the COVID environment, but uh, just booked a, a flight to get my mom out to her, her, her place in Montana. She's so excited, you know, to get out there and spend a couple months out there in Montana, uh, booked some events to speak in San Antonio and come down to your neck of the woods, Tampa and St. Pete boys. So we need to get out the calendar and arrange a couple, maybe days on the front end or back end of that trip down for our friends at Fidelity National. Nice. Um, yeah. It should be, should be a lot of fun. So just, you know, things are happening. The market is crazy. I, I had a buyer counseling session. I, I blogged about today with a client that's not even going to be moving until 2022. But oh, they want to get mm. the ducks in a row because they got a baby coming. And uh, it's all about just, you know, building that relationship, figuring out what problems to solve and having fun along the way. Right. So listen, guys, good, good conversation. Congratulations to Hideki Matsuyama, our master's champion for 2021. PGA comes up in three and a half weeks, guys. It's pretty exciting. Uh, they'll be going to be in Kiowa Island. Um, I'd be curious this week. They're in Harbor town. Some of the guys will go over. I get some are going to go up the coast and do a little practice round at Kiowa. I'm just going to guess today, tomorrow and Wednesday, the course might have some pros on it. Yeah. Uh, mm. Checking it out. Um, so on behalf of Todd and Anthony and Mel and Bill Risser, I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to the stare down.